I am back, and Merry Christmas. I may not sound great. I'm going to try and get through some of this today, but <coughs> I had to come back, give you kind of an update. Um, and God, last week, just a really weird news week. This is Gene, and you're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Hey, hey, welcome back to Dumbasses Talking Politics. This is Gene, and I want to wish everybody a Merry Christmas. I've been gone, and you can tell, like I said by my voice, that I have had a massive flu. It's been going on almost two weeks now. <coughs> Just to give you a little update, it is not COVID. I did have to get tested. It's just the flu. Um, I'm actually feeling a lot better. Uh, I may sound really bad, but that's just the coughing that was going through last week. Um, I'm going to try and actually hold my voice down a little bit, only because I don't crack as much. But I, I just could not get away from these weird-ass stories that have been happening. Um, I think we're only we're going to do a shorter show, probably. Maybe. I don't know. I'm looking at my notes. I doubt it. It's probably going to be just as long, but we got to talk about this COVID relief package. Uh, so two weeks ago, Congress finally, after six months and a lot of delaying from the Democrats and Nancy Pelosi, finally released a new stimulus bill that was supposed to give relief to the COVID-stricken businesses and give about $600 to uh, the people. The stimulus bill uh, promised $600 payment, um, loans to small businesses. Uh, those loans would be forgiven if the small businesses kept their staff. It promised an extra $300 per week on uh, unemployment and promised an extension of unemployment. I believe it also suspended the um, uh, the payroll tax. So this is a, it was a, a decent bill. It was a good bill. Uh, the package would have cost about nine hundred billion dollars. This is far lower than the two point four trillion dollar that Pelosi wanted. She ended up getting what she wanted. So don't get all. Uh, don't get it. Don't Democrats didn't get all that excited. Uh, but what is also it is about a quarter of what Trump uh, said he would approve, which was at one point eight trillion. So Nancy Pelosi, <coughs> for someone who's supposed to be this master negotiator, yeah, she doesn't seem like um, she's that much of a nast master negotiator. Now. In the news, we've been hearing a lot of stuff that is supposedly in this COVID bill. And we're going to clarify some things. Um, you, The news was talking about there are things like expanded visas for immigrants, Pell Grants for prisoners, economic impact of payments for households with illegal aliens, payments for border protection for other countries, Money for liberal arts programs like the JFK Center and the Smithsonian. And there's even a study for gender studies in Pakistan. Well, here's the problem. We need to separate the COVID package from the other bullshit package. All the crap that I just mentioned is actually not part of the COVID bill. 
that is part of an omnibus package. And a lot of that stuff is basically negotiated uh, every year, at the end of the year, every year. It's what keeps the U.S. government actually moving. And that that package was about $2.4 trillion. Now, the reason they did this, I guess they were in a hurry. They didn't vote on these bills separately. They put them both together. And this was this was bad. This was actually really bad. Um, the people out there, the media, whether it's on purpose or not, are confusing the two bills. So the $900 billion, it has nothing to do with that omnibus package. Some Republicans do not want uh, to actually pass that omnibus bill because of all of the crap that I just mentioned above. And the only reason they would have passed, the only reason a lot of Republicans did pass on, on it was because of the COVID relief bill. So basically what the Democrats did was they hold, they held the citizens hostage and they got their pork laden uh, omnibus package passed and it was really, really disgusting. There were six senators, and we're going to talk about those senators in a few minutes, who basically said, no, we're not, we're not passing this bill. And they were going to, uh, they actually voted against it. Only six senators. And of course, they're all Republicans. But this bill, which was really ironic, was that this bill, uh, this combination of the COVID stimulus bill and the omnibus package was even was a $5,500 bill. Uh, the uh, senators and the Congress were actually given the bill about two hours before they voted and six hours before the Senate voted. And it passed. Even and Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, who I think is a complete moron, agreed with Ted Cruz and Republicans Ted Cruz and Bill Lee in saying that this is not right. We should not get a 5,500-page uh, bill two hours before we're supposed to vote on it. How do we know what we're voting for? <coughs> Unfortunately, this is the way things are done in Congress now. Now, you remember in the old days... Uh, back in the Obama days, they had something called earmarks. And earmarks were those little pet projects that people would put in their omnibus packages. So um, somebody from New York would say, I want to give a billion dollars to the JFK Center, garbage like that. And people would actually read these bills and said, what is this shit doing in here? Well, there are no earmarks anymore. So now what they do is they just create these absolutely gigantic bills. They uh, make them so that they're impossible to read. No more earmarks. So when uh, Nancy, Pol I'm sorry, when uh, Chuck Schumer or somebody puts in an earmark for the JFK Center, I'm throwing his name out there. I'm not saying he did this, but they put that out there. That's no longer in the bill. So it's just a billion dollars to the JFK Center. And that's part of the omnibus. So the amendment package, which is what this did, those are gone. Earmarks are basically just amendments to the bill to get it passed. These are impossible to read. They're usually done very quickly. Uh, Obamacare is an example of this. What was Obamacare? 10, 15,000 
page bill. Nobody read it. Zero people read that bill. Even Nancy Pelosi was quoted as saying, uh, you know, we'll have to pass it to see what happens with it. And she was right. I mean, it was stupid, but she, they had to pass it because um, they had to pass it because I, I, they didn't know what it was going to do. They had no idea. They didn't have time to read it. Well, here's my opinion about this whole thing, is that these bills really should be less than 20 pages long. There should be a summary statement, 20, 30 pages that actually go out and list everything that is in that bill. It doesn't have to go directly into the law. But if you're going to create an omnibus package, and that omnibus package, and that includes with the COVID, I think they should do this. You should have a summary bill that says, okay, we're spending, uh, in this case, it was, I think, what, uh, $10 million or $100 million for the JFK Center, uh, $1 billion to the Smithsonian, $1 million to a Pakistani gender study. There is something in this bill about counting Japanese carp in public lakes. They're actually giving money to that. That should be listed. And if something is a big red flag, I should be able just to read that bill. And then if I want to read the actual law, I can go in and read the law and what the, what the purpose of that law is. But they don't do that. It should not take 6,000 uh, pages. It should be all procedural in those pages. But we should know what is in a bill. It'll never happen. I also find something else amazing. Um, that none of the, nobody in Congress... Senate or House knew what it was in this damn thing. They have been writing this and negotiating this for the last six freaking months. What have these guys been doing at $170,000 a year? What the hell do they do every day? What the hell are we paying them for? They're voting on crap and they don't know anything more than, let's say, what I know. Well, not not everyone not everyone was into this this bill, and it it was called out. Alexandra Ocasio Cortez, who I said, you know, this was bad. If I'm agreeing with Alexandra Ocasio Cortez when she tweeted saying, "You can't give me a 5,500 page bill, then have me vote two hours later." I should be voting no on this bill. There's got to be a better procedure. She's absolutely correct. Well. She, is, she may be absolutely correct, but she doesn't have the balls to stand by her beliefs because she voted, uh, excuse me, she voted for the package. So there were six Republicans in the Senate that refused to uh, vote for this thing. Um, uh, one was Marsha Blackburn of Tennessee, Ted Cruz of Texas, Ron Johnson of Wisconsin, Mike Lee of Utah, Rand Paul of Kentucky, not a shock there because he is a hawk. And Rick Scott of Florida. They all said, hey, I don't want to see this thing. This is a garbage bill. Rand Paul said, quote, this to so-called conservatives who are quick to identify the socialism of Democrats, if you vote for this spending monstrosity, you are no better. When you vote to pass out free money, you lose your soul and you abandon forever any semblance of moral and fiscal integrity. And this is absolutely true. This is absolutely true. In this country, we are going to have to, 
ease up on our spending. We're going to have to make cuts. Now, I know the adage. I know that people sit back and they say, um, I, we need to cut spending, cut spending. And then when someone says, well, do you think we should cut this? They say, well, no, we should keep that. No, we need to cut spending. Will there pay, be pain? Will there be uncom- uh, discomfort for certain uh, se- sections of the uh, population? And it could be many sections of the population. Okay? For example, if the Smithsonian can't get their billion dollars, all right, well, then you have to close the Smithsonian for a day or two a week. And people have to go three days a week or plan for four days a week instead of seven days a week. We need to make these cuts. Because eventually, and I'm pretty sure I really don't give a damn about uh, what's going on with gender in Pakistan or how many freaking carp are in the uh, Japanese carp are in our oceans or our lakes. I really don't care about any of that. But if we don't start cutting, it's our kids that are going to be su- stuck on this. And Rand Paul has, oh, and his father too, Ron Paul, or I can't remember his father's name. But Rand Paul is a hawk when it comes to spending. He would spend practically nothing. He'd spend it on the military. He'd spend it on services that are needed to keep the government. He'd spend it on absolutely no social programs. But now we're getting to the point where we're printing money like it's going out of style. And that money is going to be worth nothing if we don't stop doing this. And it's not us that's going to get stuck. It's not my dad that's going to get stuck. It's not me that's going to get stuck. It may not even be my daughter, but it'll be my grandchildren. It'll be our great-grandchildren. They're going to get stuck. Eventually, someone's going to have to pay this crap off. Rick Scott tweeted, Once again, a classic Washington-style vital programs are attached to a massive omnibus spending bill that mortgages our kids' and grandkids' future. Therefore, I can't support this bill. Exactly. You know, here's the thing. That omnibus bus bill would not have gotten passed if it weren't for the fact that they voted, they combined it with the COVID relief. And they did need some COVID relief. This bill is going to be about $2.4 trillion, $2.5 trillion. But that's the trickery that bureaucrats, um, that uh, politicians use to get what they want. And by the way, this isn't a Democratic and Republican thing. De- Republicans are bad. Donald Trump is a huge spender. Um, Ronald Reagan was a huge spender. He raised the deficit on his own quite a bit. This has been going on for decades. It's not like, it's not like George Bush was a huge spender. But this is not like it's something new. Um, Marsha Blackburn said, I cannot support a nearly $2.4 trillion uh, in spending that will make recovery even harder. I have serious concerns with a provision, this is a good point too, provisions buried in this 5,593-page bill, such as expanded visas, Pell Grants for prisoners, and households with illegal aliens receiving economic impact payments. For these reasons... I voted no on this passage. That's the other thing. We need to recover this country. (coughs) This year we put nearly $10 trillion on our deficit. $10 trillion. And we're going to have to pay that back. We are going to have to. Don't, Don't kid yourself. 
You watch, the United States credit rating is going to go down in the next four to eight years. We're going to have to pay this stuff back. And typically where we borrow it is either we pump out the money, which is just going to raise inflation, or we get the money from China, which I don't think China has it. To be honest with you, we shouldn't be paying China anything anymore after they cause this mess. But if we have inflation, if we have uh, higher taxes, we're never going to recover. And that's the one thing you know Sleepy Creepy Joe is going to do. And his crazy, batshit crazy Kamala Harris are going to do when this is over. They're going to say, we've got to raise taxes, got to raise taxes. And they're going to raise taxes. And what's, guess what happens? You run out of other people's money. And then no one has money and no one's spending. And the economy goes down. You can't print money. You can't tax everybody. It's just not going to work. <coughs> With all this spending we're doing, it's going to be really hard to pay off the debt and recover. It's going to really slow everything down. Ron Johnson said the dysfunction in Washington, D.C. was on full dis display as Congress combined COVID relief with massive omnibus spending bill three months past the deadline and into the current fiscal year. This month's transity was 5,593 pages long and was passed only nine hours after the Senate saw it. I, I mentioned that. Absolutely correct. Ted Cruz said, it's absurd to have a $2.5 trillion spending bill negotiated in secret and then, hours later, demand an up or down vote on a bill nobody has time to read. Exactly. And that's the other thing. Who knew about this bill? Who can we blame this bill on? Nancy Pelosi, probably Mnuchin, Schumer probably had his, we know, uh, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, the Senate, uh, Cocaine Mitch had his hand in it. Mike Lee said pretty much the same thing. Because of the length, it is impossible that anyone will have any opportunity to read it between now and the time we will vote. And I'm absolutely certain that this has been cobbled together by a very small handful of members of Congress and their staffs and to the exclusion of 98% of the mem members of Congress of both political parties in both houses. <laughs> this process, by which the members of Congress are asked to defer blindly to legislation negotiated entirely in secret by four of their colleagues, must come to an end, and he's absolutely 100% co correct. This crap's got to end. But if that wasn't enough, um, <laughs> Trump has got to put his hand in it. And I know that Trump's been really busy fighting the, all the working with all the lawsuits for the election. He's basically closing out his his uh, presidency at the moment. You haven't heard a lot from Trump. But on Twitter, <coughs> Trump released a video demanding that Congress increase uh, the stimulus check from 6,000 <laughs> to $2,000 per person. Oy vey. He threatened to veto the bill if it came to his desk. He basically said that $600 per person just wasn't enough. Again, he forgot about all the other things in the bill, 
right? He forgot about extending unemployment benefits, loans to small business, increasing unemployment benefits, payroll tax exemptions. He forgot all of that stuff. So it the bill wasn't just $600 a person. Um, the, the other thing that really bothers me, and this is still, this is something we saw in the last stimulus. Um, this lowers the incentive for people to go back to work. And that's not a good thing. My, uh, a person that I know, I can't say who, because I, I, I don't want to do that. She's getting, now, $600, she's getting, I, I, she's getting something like $1,200 a month, $1,500 a month. Now, that's being extended all the way to March, and she's been under, out of work for six months now. Plus, she's getting this $600. If she got two thousand dollars, she'd make thirty three hundred dollars this month, and guess tax free. She's not getting taxed, and guess what? She was never her job. She it would take her three months to earn thirty three hundred dollars. This is not this is not a good thing. I remember uh, in my place of work, and Josie remembers in her place of work, people didn't want to come back to work because they were making more on unemployment because of COVID. And this is just a bad way to be. And I think Donald Trump's got to understand that. A family, a, a two-person family getting $4,000 for not working? No. I, I'm sorry. I, I just, I think that's a problem. Um, this also pits Republicans against Trump. Why Trump did this, I, I don't know. Now, I do know. I, I understand why he did it. I, and I think the problem with Trump, he doesn't know how to communicate very well. And he's never communicated well. Um, it's just a really bad idea to start blasting Republicans. Because Republicans don't want this $2,000 a month thing. They don't. And I don't want it either. I I don't think I get it, but I mean, I don't want it either because I just think, okay, you can't keep taking money, keep printing money and handing money. Things are not going to get better. This is a recovery relief. I got it. But we can't keep printing out money and giving it out. Free money is a bad thing. And and Donald Trump, he's got, we got, the Republicans have two serious Senate races in Georgia. Donald Trump bitching about the um, bitching about the Republicans not doing anything, and we got two incumbent, incumbent Georgia Republicans running. If we lose those Senate seats, the Democrats control the House, the Senate, and the presidency. It could be an absolute disaster. Could he have stayed away from this ticking time bomb? Could he have waited until? Um, <clears throat> after this whole thing, after the Senate election, which is really close. I mean, we only need one guy. But now they're saying those Senate races, it could be weeks before we find out. And the big joke on Twitter is that because the Democrats need to know how many votes they're going to need. And we already had a corrupt election. To, to believe that Georgia is going to go all blue, I'm sorry. Trump really did have an argument in Georgia. There was no way Georgia went blue like that. No, absolutely no way. But we got to worry about that. I am scared. I am scared for this country. 
if this Warnock and Ossoff end up as senators, we're, we are fucked as a country. Even in two years, these idiots can do a tremendous amount of damage. So, he, Trump's going to, tonight, or Monday night, he's going to um, Georgia to, to push for these guys and really, really, really push. Right now, it looks like one Republican is up and one Republican is down. But we really could use both races. We only need one. Okay? We'll survive with one. And hey, trust me, in 2022, we're going to take the Senate, we're going to take the House. I mean, the House, they barely have a lead. Now, I think it's like 10 seats they have a lead in right now. So they're barely ahead in the House. But ugh, anyway, now, was this Trump being selfish and bitter? Not necessarily. Trump just doesn't, he did explain it in his speech, but not very well. Trump is pissed off about this, the um, omnibus package. He was just bent out of shape about the omnibus package. And, I, you know, I can understand that. But say it. You guys spent one, almost two trillion dollars. Or one point, I'm sorry, not two trillion. But you spent, yeah, about 1.4 trillion dollars on crap we don't need. Why don't you take it out of that, that omnibus package and give it to the people? That's what he was saying. It, but how he said it was not good. He made it look like he was going out to, towards Republicans. And, of course, the Democrats, who will spend left and right on Monday night, tonight, they passed the bill giving $2,000, not taking anything from the omnibus package. They just want to send another $2,000. Oh, bullshit. And the problem is the Senate, the Senate is, doesn't know what they're going to do. It's up in the air whether that bill is actually going to pass. God, I hope it doesn't pass. It's just absolutely terrible what's happening in politics today. And Donald Trump just isn't helping it. Now, what's the irony about this whole thing? The irony of this whole thing? Trump signed the package. He signed the omnibus. He signed the COVID relief. So all of the COVID um, restrictions are there. He did end up signing it. He didn't veto it. That's great. But now he's going to have another problem where we've got another bill coming up and it's going to put Republicans in a very bad spot. Sometimes Trump just needs to shut his ass up. He really does. He is leaving and he needs, he needs to back the Republicans. Okay, if you think a Republican is bad, primary him, support a primary candidate, do that stuff. But you got to back your people. You can't throw them on the under the bus. It's just not right. Then in another just really bizarre story, on Christmas morning at 6.30 a.m., an RV exploded in the tourist district of Nashville, Tennessee. This whole story is just freaking weird. I don't even know what to say here. It started with an RV being parked next to an AT&T building. This apparently was one of the main offices for AT&T. It's one of the main communication centers. 15 minutes before the RV exploded, <coughs> a PA mounted on the RV makes an announcement that the RV will explode in 15 minutes and everyone should evacuate the area. 
The voice was an electronically generated voice. And I honestly thought this was a joke. I didn't think this was even real until it just blew on old newscasts. I, I saw it on Twitter initially. I thought, that's weird. Listen to it. That last part was the RV actually exploding. Really loud, really bright. It was caught on a surveillance camera across the street. Six awesome police officers, who we should defund immediately, um, investigated, heard the PA, investigated the RV, realized this was a real threat, and started running up and down uh, the apartments, the apartment buildings, trying to get people to evacuate. Uh no civilians were killed. There was one death. No civilians were killed, but three were injured, including one of the police officers who uh, was actually thrown off his feet during the blast. He ended up suffering some hearing damage. The bomber, <coughs> who was named Anthony Quinn Warner, worked alone and was killed in an apparent suicide bombing. Uh, they, <laughs> with the size of the bomb, they basically found little pieces of him around, and they were able to actually identify him. Before he um, killed himself, too, which is just, it gets just weirder. He, weirder. He signed over deeds to two of his houses and gave his car to his ex-girlfriend. Now, he was always feared to be suicidal, so everyone thought this was, this was kind of weird, but no one did anything about it. Though there is no official motive, um... The bomber was said to be a conspiracy theorist who thought that the 5G communication networks that were being set up uh, was an attempt to kill people. And he was trying to destroy the AT&T's main office. Now, he had told one of his buddies um, the day before, uh, the buddy asked him, hey, how you doing? For, what are you doing for Christmas? Do you hope, what do you ask for Santa for Christmas? And he said, you know something, I'm going to do something great and I'm going to be famous. Something like that. I Don't quote me on that. But it's just, okay, this guy was out to lunch. He did have a father who worked at AT&T. The father passed away <coughs> at the age of like 74. So he knew well of AT and T, um, AT and T's operations. Uh, he also was very good at working with timers, clocks, and electronics. So he did have the skill to actually do this. He was partially successful. If this was his motive in destroying the AT and T building, he did knock down communications for users in three states including 911 communications in Nashville. Uh, AT&T is still working at trying to get everything back. They did get the 911 calls back. Um, their phone services are kind of iffy, uh, so they're still working. There were a lot of questions why this happened on Christmas. 
I, I think honestly, it's it's pretty simple. He didn't want to kill anybody, and Christmas seemed like it would be the day that the AT and T building would actually house the, the the fewest number of employees. The size of the bomb, he was trying to destroy the entire building. Probably just didn't want to kill a lot of people. And not to mention, I mean, to give a notice of warning 15 minutes by a PA announcement. I mean, it was just the whole thing was just extremely odd. So, <laughs> just uh, terrorism. It's always there. We've got domestic. I'm sure the media is going to make this guy into a right-wing nut instead of just him being a nut job, which he was. I don't know if he's right-wing or left-wing. doesn't really matter. But the good news is no one was killed except the bomber himself. Okay, I hope you got everything for Christmas. I did. I got a brand-new drone. I can't wait to fly it. But it's raining, so I ain't flying anything today. Uh, you can follow me on Parlor. At Dumbasses Talking Politics. You can follow me on Twitter at Runnin' Fool, R U N N I N F E W L. You can download or listen to this podcast on uh, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Podcast Addict, Stitcher, and YouTube. Uh, you can visit my website at www.dumbassestalkingpolitics.com to take a look at my show notes. I'm sorry, my voice is all jacked up. I'm sure it'll get better. This is a bit of big. This is going to be a big week. I got a lot to talk about. This is Gene, and you're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Mm-hmm.